Good evening and welcome to Geek Card, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Card, where we're wanted, dead or alive. I'm your host, Andrew Young, and with me is a man that often feels dead, Mr. Green. That is a fair, fair statement. Yeah, yeah. The amount of those strange noises that I've heard come out of you when you're tired and things <laughs> like that, they do kind of sound like the final death rattle. They do. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it's the other one's like, oh. Mm. <sighs> yeah, you know? I do that one too. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So there you go. But he's alive today, folks. He's alive and well. So far. Who knows? So far. So far. You never know. Like, that's the thing I didn't say last week is like last year, both you and Yuri almost left this world. You guys got to all stop this. Nobody's going to die on me. All right. It's <laughs> just the way it is. I concur. Yeah. <laughs> One can so dream. Yeah. We're going to keep living here, folks. We got a great show for you tonight. Later on in the program, we're talking with uh, actor Gavin Warren. He's one of the stars of the horror movie Night Swim that's currently playing in theaters from uh, Blumhouse and Atomic Monster. Uh, we've also got a review coming your way of the first episode of True Detective Night Country. Of course, it aired this past Sunday. We're going to give our thoughts on the first episode. And in just a few moments, we're going to be talking with actor Nadine Baba about a short film called Chronic, which, uh, which is a very interesting film about uh, dealing with a, a head injury. It's not a very clinical film. It's, it's, there's comedy to it. There's things like that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and actually this actor, I've wanted to have her on the show for a while. She's been in a number of great comedies here in Canada. And so we're going to talk to her. Nadine Baba will be joining us on the show in mere minutes. But, uh, of course, before all that happens, we got to have our first commercial break. So we're going to do that right now. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll be talking with Nadine Baba about the short film Chronic. Right here, Geek Hard, Reality Radio 101. everybody jimmy the short order cook here asking you what's better than listening to geek Hard? answer listen to geek Hard while wearing a geek Hard t-shirt and there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash geek Hard. we got a bunch of great shirts there we got geek Hard shirts we got a mr green's tasty meat shirt oh we got a back issue bloodbath shirt for all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekart. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Card right here. On Reality Radio 101. You're still playing with the golden cup. We never gonna break your head. I'm still trying not to be And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, folks. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a fabulous Friday night. And just a moment, we're going to be talking with Nadine Baba of the short film Chronic. Right here, but before we do that, just want to remind you folks that, you know, right now it's winter, it's cold. You might be like, oh man, I wish I had something to keep me warm, like say a hoodie or a long-sleeved t-shirt, or there's a place you can go to get that, specifically a Geekard hoodie or long-sleeved t-shirt, and that's at tpublic.com slash user slash Geekard. We got an amazing selection of shirts there. They will keep you warm. And you can get shirts as well. They won't keep you warm. But if you want the warm ones, you can get the warm ones there as well. 
So check it out. tpublic.com slash user slash keycard. That's tee.public.com. There we go. Now let's get into the show tonight with our first guest. Very excited to have her on the program. She is an actor and writer uh, who's done a number of things in Canada. You might recognize her from Letter Kenny. This hour is 22 minutes or uh, The Communist Daughter. I really enjoyed that one as well. Mm-hmm. But she's on tonight to talk about a short film that uh, is coming soon to YouTube that uh, talks about brain injuries. Welcome to the program, Nadine Baba. Hi. How's it going? I'm fabulous. Cold, but happy to be here. <laughs> yes, yes. As we are all cold right yeah. <laughs> now. It is a time of cold. We, what I'm shocked is that we're never prepared. It's right. like, it's like it comes every, every year. year, but we think, oh, maybe it's not going to happen this time. No, this is the thing. I dread it. As soon as it gets like a little cold, like I have to put a coat on, I'm like, well, that's it. And then it, for me, I'm just like cold for four months. And then I always just leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to go somewhere else because also gray. Anyway, who cares about the weather? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because it's, it's, it, it the weather affects people in such horrible ways you know and it it makes me think about the short itself right because you never know the things that people are going through it's true it's true and it's also you know it's medium talk at this point because of the way the world is and um, it's yeah the weather is not you know innocuous right now and yes, yeah I don't know what people are going through and I think someone, I don't know what the exact stat is, but it's like we've had 30 hours of sun in the last like two weeks or something, which is like not that many hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very small amount. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. Now I'm more depressed. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Feel great. Hi. Feel great. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got an email in from James C that says, Hey geeks, something to keep me warm. Forget the merch. Nadine's voice. There we go. That's a nice. There you go. There you go. Oh, man. Um, So, yes. So for people who haven't heard about the film Chronic, Mm -hmm. tell the good folks what it's all about. Yeah. So um, it's written about a woman who has undergone a concussion. And this is post-concussion. It's sort of, you know, the recovery of that, but also trying to adjust back to life and trying to feel normal while still maintaining a level of um, recovery and brain health that strikes a balance. And in the in the film, she uh, goes to her friend's birthday, but the friends, we'll call them, are not very accommodating or understanding of the circumstances. And she ends up sort of just like trying to fit in and trying to feel like her old self but unfortunately she's in a new normal and she ends up hurting herself even further and uh finally just accepting the fact that she needs to take some time to to fully you know figure out how to recover and so she ends up joining a um a a help group for that a support group yeah yeah yeah. it it, you know it's it, it always strikes me as amazing about like about what this short is talking about, you know, is the fact that there are so many things that so many people go through on a day-to-day basis, a lot of which we can't see. Yeah. You know, it's it's really simple when you see somebody with a broken leg. You can see, oh, they've got a broken leg. They're they're dealing with some stuff. Yeah. But if you have a concussion, although character does wear a neck brace and you know, and concuss and the, the other the worst part about a concussion. That I have, because I I had a concussion. Actually, Andrew was with me when I got it, and I gave him the concussion. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, I was speaking. I was speaking too loudly, and he didn't appreciate. No, I was just no, was, no. He fell down some stairs. It was yeah. it wasn't fun. No, but I had a very. I didn't push him, Nadine. I swear. <laughs> I wasn't thinking it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say that I didn't, you know, I may have felt something on my back, but uh, you know, that's a different story. No. Um, but I had a concussion and, but mine was very mild. Uh, you know, like within a couple of days I, I was feeling much, much better and everything like that. But your character's going through a severe form, obviously like affecting her, just her everyday life. And I, even with what I had, I could, I was 
empathizing a lot more than I would I, I that I would believe. But I was like, wow, we don't realize how many people go through stuff silently, totally, and have no support. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the case with all chronic pain. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that you just have to kind of suffer through because you don't also want to explain every single day to every little interaction. It's like, this is what's going on inside my body right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, Laurel, who who wrote the short and who experienced the concussion and, and that recovery period, um, was trying to speak to this community of people going through cr- chronic pain that uh, don't often feel they're seen in media. So it was nice to have um, her perspective on that. Definitely. Even- now, did you... Did you uh, did you like really lean into her direction on the experiences? Were you going to her asking how should I be feeling at this point? Like, like really getting the ins and outs of uh, concussion. Yeah. So she told me her. So she and her brother uh, Brendan, who who directed it, um, we had a meeting and they sort of gave me the broad strokes of what they were trying to capture. Because you know this this is a big concept that was distilled down into a a short film um and they gave me the nuance and the details that needed to be there and exactly how i was feeling you know the character drinks so it's like what does that feel like with the brain injury and because our you know drinking already affects your your head <laughs> um and then i spent this is so nerdy and I, I promise you i'm not a method actor but i did spend two days at home with a pair of like uh, stiff jeans wrapped around my <laughs> neck just so I could just feel what it was like to not be able to have access to the turning and all that kind of stuff. Um, because like, I take, I take this for granted. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, no, that's, you lose a lot of movement. Totally. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's funny you say that because I remember breaking, uh, my pinky finger when I was in high school. Right? Yes, yeah. Definitely not me. Definitely yeah, not me no, this no, time. No, 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 that wasn't you. It was very innocuous. Uh, it was an inbound pass in basketball. It was very, like, not a big deal. Yeah. I, I broke my pinky finger. Just And it wasn't even I broke it, broke it. It was just like a chip. Mm-hmm. Funny and, like, it was so weird having this little tiny problem. Yeah. In which I discovered I don't know how to t- button up a shirt. Totally. Right? Because it's like, I. but who uses their pinky finger? Right. right. Like when you're when you're zipping up something or putting a belt on, you don't to your point, you don't realize how much you you know move your head, you move your neck, you know, like even just the noises around like uh, when, when she gets into the car, and it's like, you know, drive slow. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. And then her friends would be annoying oh. even without the concussion. Right. To oh then have God. to deal with it with intense pain. That's that's supreme torture your character's going through. Well, that's the sort of like the B story of it all is like, you know, you're realizing these people in your life, you have, it's like the for better or for worse, I think happens with your friends too. And and you have these people in your life that only when something happens and that friendship is tested, do you get to see whether or not you really have close friends? Yeah, no, totally. We got an email in from Steve L that says, Hey, Andrew, Mr. Green, waiting on your review for True Detective uh, sounds good in the papers. Hey to the old man. Hey, how's it going? There's, yeah, listen there, Steve. It's, it's good. It's good. You say hello to the old man. That's what they do. Okay. Okay. You can come back later. Okay. All right. All right. I'll come back later. Hey, does Nadine ever go to poetry club, pubs and clubs to read? If so, I would like to see her in person. Thanks, kids. Oh, that's nice. I don't. He, uh, yeah, yeah poetry is more of a personal thing for you, right? Yeah. So I, uh, a couple years ago, um, you know, it was just like one of those times in your life that we just like, everything is crap. Like I was going through a breakup and, and it was, I was going through a few month period where, um, my career felt stale and just like lots of things were happening all at the same time. And, uh, the only way I could deal with it was to, to write poetry and I just thought I was writing for myself and then one day I had a hundred poems and I was like I'm gonna make a book (laughs) (laughs) um and I just self-published and it was just for me and I I have tried reading it I've gone to a couple events I mean I I worked in theater for many many years and so 
I do love live performance, but it wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't for me. I just like, I like giving it to people and they can read it on their own time, but no, I don't. I'm sorry. I'll come, but (laughs) yeah. Is it, do you find that it's because it is so personal, like it's so like just giving of yourself. Is that part of the, the hesitation? I don't know. I think it's a little, I mean, a little, it's like, I don't have a fear of public speaking. I know a lot of actors still do. Cause then it's like, it's, it's them versus like a character that's not with me. It's just sort of like, there's like a cadence to spoken word and slam poetry and stuff that isn't like, I love listening to it. And I love like getting caught up in that as a, as a, a consumer of art, but I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the beat poet bug. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's very a very specific. specific bug to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But uh, but of course, you are an accomplished writer throughout. I, I, you put up on Twitter at the beginning of the year that I, uh, I totally agree with. Uh, as a professional screenwriter, my favorite genre is to write. To write is nobody asked me to write this. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, that's the thing. Yeah, like a lot of people don't realize that most of the time screenwriters are writing spec scripts that they want to get made that, you know, you're trying to pitch to places. And those are the true passion projects, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's most of the job and that is, I'm currently employed as a writer right now. And I still think that is most of the job. Um, Yeah. It's like, with that's, that is money. That is like, that is already like money because without, as we saw with the strike, um, not having material uh, affects that domino starts the domino effect of, of production and um, having stuff to give to somebody is currency. And so you constantly have to be writing. Totally. Now you have one script that I know about that uh, was uh, September's script of the month for the WGC, the Sugar Shack. Yeah. Is that something you're actively pursuing trying to get uh, get out there? Yeah, so that's in the pitch stage. Um, it's a great resource having the Writers Guild, who like a lot of people on the on there's have like a, a panel of, of writers that read the the script and um, you know I guess vote based on other scripts that come in to determine script of the month. And then obviously the Writers Guild has relationships with production companies and networks and showrunners and stuff. I worked with the showrunner of a show called Fakes which is um, Netflix and CBC, his name is David. And he went through my script and just helped me shape it. And so, yeah, I'm, we're in the, well, I'm in with my managers, the active pitch pro, uh, process. That's right. gotta be uh, hard. Uh, it's the only word I could think of that's, <laughs> you know, frightening, maybe uh, terrifying, overwhelming. I, I'm thinking all of these things, but also exciting and fun. Yeah. Like it's a mixed bag, I would assume, right? I, I think I think because I'm a performer, I really love it. I love having a captive audience. They have to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, literally captive. I've chained them to the desk. Um, but yeah, I, I find it fun. I think if you're passionate about the project that you've written, it's it's a joy to talk about it and to talk about the possibilities of it. And, uh, you know, I'm in a writer's room right now, and I know that that would be the next step if I were to develop it. And it's just so fun sitting around with a bunch of people that make you laugh that you can make laugh and coming up with different ways that characters can go. Cause you're really birthing people out of this uh, idea that you've had, which I find so exciting. Right. And the writer's room that you're in right now for whatever project you're a part of there, is it in like the birthing stage right now? Or have you gotten to the point where you guys are actually working on the scripts? Uh, the, I'm in a, I'm in a writer's room for a show that has had multiple seasons. So oh, okay. it, yeah, we're, we're just, um we're just writing a new season so like all the characters are are fully formed but it is fun to figure out new ways because like you know they're all human beings so where are they at now and and what kind of uh people have they become that's so exciting oh yeah no totally that's that's the fun stuff of course but that's the thing i like about you though is that you you have your hand in many pots you know you do the writing you do the acting uh of course you had for a few seasons, you had a reoccurring role on Letterkenny. Yeah. And of course, it wrapped up its final season. The final season just came out. And uh, you, along with a lot of other people, got to come back for the last episode. What was it like to get asked back? Um, I just, 
my heart swells about that show. Um, yeah, I, so I was in Europe, uh, for a wedding and then also my dad turned 16 really wanted to go to Oktoberfest. <laughs> so, um, I get a call from one of the producers who I love dearly. And she was like, you gotta come back early. <laughs> and, uh, I ended up coming back just not terribly early, but, um, a couple days early from my vacation to, because I was like, had to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been on for years and so distinctly Canadian while still being like, for you know, you go to the States and people love it. Like I, I, it's in the UK now and, and it travels well. And I don't know, it's just a show that makes people happy. So it coming to an end and being able to come back for that last little bit was so bittersweet because it has made so many people, ourselves included, so happy, but you know, it's the end of an era. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It's so it, weird though, because it feels like just yesterday we were covering season one and yeah, right. talking again. And then also like even more just yesterday, it's like, I wake up and go, Oh yeah. I used to do comedy and go to college with, with Trevor. It's so weird that now he's like, everybody knows him as squirrely Dan, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah it, it, it was such a great show and everybody, you know, one of the things I love about that show is like, to your point, like what you were saying is, but people love it is how accessible it is, you know, and, and it doesn't talk down to the types of people that are in a small town and, you know, and, and, and try to make fun of them for anything other than the good parts of the, of the, of the quirkiness of each of their characters. Absolutely. If anything, it kind of glorifies small town life. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And it's full of fast talkers, which, uh, <laughs> which is always good, which I know that you, you appreciate it because you yourself are a fast talker, right? I am a fast talker. Hey, I, I grew up on uh, Gilmore Girls, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm chat, chat, chatting away. <laughs> I honestly think it's like I think because of shows like Gilmore Girls and and uh, you know, there's some article that came out about words per page, and Brooklyn Nine Nine was really high up there. Arrested Development was really high up there, and I grew up on comedy, so I I can only assume that my brain was formed quickly yeah. watching all these comedies oh my gosh well and you yourself are on a comedy airing right now on cbc one more time uh in a couple of like of the two episodes that have come out so far there is there's quite a bit of fast talking in that as well yeah yeah it it that one's that one's funny because it doesn't like i wouldn't call it like a fast talking show right um, there's definitely moments that like sit in their awkwardness you know kind of like the office like sort of like that but um it definitely has its hijinks <laughs> yeah definitely for people who haven't had a chance to check that out what's that all about so it is a uh, a comedy created and starring created by and starring uh dj demers he is a uh comedian very popular comedian who is hard of hearing and his character in the show is also hard of hearing. And it's, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of working at a secondhand sporting goods store and the sort of like kooky motley crew who work around him. Um, and I play a, a bartender who works, it's like in a strip mall and I play a bartender who works in the bar right beside and, um, DJ has a crush on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ, DJ definitely has a crush on uh, on Gwen. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Is there like as the series progresses, are we going to see a lot more of Gwen? Because right now I see that it's it's kind of she's just kind of like the button on episodes right now. So yeah, I'm I'm sprinkled in until I'm like like poured into the show. I would say. Okay. Um, yeah. So stick with it if you if you're coming for me. <laughs> it's <laughs> be for a few episodes, but. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I do show up a lot more in the coming episodes. You know, I got to say, Nadine, I, I really like the way you describe that as being, you know, you're sprinkled in until they pour you in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good way to kind of like explain guest stars. It's, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, you're just you're there a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, you know, right amount. Oh, this is then... working. OK, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now yeah. you get to say stuff. All right. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Really? Yeah. But you, I, I'm looking at your, you know, your, your, your credits and it's, uh, you're, you're, you're very similar to a lot of other Canadian actors that I've noticed is, you know, you've got the comedies, you've got some dramas, you've got like the Christmas movies, you've got the horror movies, you're hitting all of the, you know, like the, the, the bingo card, uh, for actors in Canada. Is there, um, 
a genre you prefer to work in? Yeah, I I mean, I gravitate towards comedy. I just, comedy is drama sped up. Um, and I do love just making people laugh. I honestly think it's so, the world is a tough place to be in on any given day. And there's something nice and comforting about turning on a comedy. That being said, um, I do, I went to theater school. I, you know, grew up doing plays and Shakespeare and all that kind of stuff. So tragedy and drama does sit very well in my body as well. And I love uh, every opportunity I I can, you know, really grab onto to hit emotions and, and connect with my fellow actors and material. So I do, I like comedy probably the best, but every other genre is like not far behind. Nice. All right, well, there you go. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up before we end off this interview is another thing you wrote on Twitter on January 13th. Because again, it's something I very much agree with. Places that I like shouldn't be allowed to close or change. You live in Toronto. I live in Toronto. There's so many cool places that disappear, especially since the pandemic, that just disappear overnight. And I'm like, no, what the hell? Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. I, I'm i like a diehard Torontonian, but it's so hard to be that right now because all the things that I would have taken for, that I did take for granted for like my entire upbringing uh, are gone. <laughs> you know, Honest Ed's. Uh, I'm currently working like a few doors down from where much music used to be. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like just the things, Sam the Record Man, the things that made and certain bars and restaurants, like my, my favorite bar in the whole world, which was Betty's. And it was just like a divey bar. I didn't even know Betty's closed. Oh, yeah. my God. I used to do stand up there. This hurts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> King in Ontario, Betty's. And it's where I had my first drink in a bar and it's gone. <laughs> it was so sad. And I just and everything is just a condo. It's just because yeah. it's. It's just all a condo. Yeah, and again, also nothing against the social, but I just get angry anytime I see it on because I'm like, you're where much music used to be. Yeah. You, this is wrong. They've blacked out the windows. You used to oh, be able to see in. Right. Oh. Yeah. I know. Not the social fault, but yes, I I understand. I Every time I walk by the the, the truck coming out of the building with the wheels yeah. spinning, I'm just like, if they get rid of this, I'm moving. Yeah. Right. You know, I like I don't live in Toronto. I live outside of Toronto. And every time I come in, you know, for events and stuff like that, and I'm walking around, and I'm like, I unlike you guys, I'm not down there all the time. So yeah. it's like for me, it's like, oh, it's a huge change, right? Because I'm like, yeah. there's this used to, I remember uh the diesel playhouse, for example, you know, right? That got ripped down about 10 years ago and turned into a condo, right? And Wayne yeah. Gretzky's across the street. Condo. No, I I I can't with the con look. People need places to live, yep. but you know, I not to go on a rant, but it, like we need more mixed housing. We need more like yes. family uh, units and like that. The single family homes and condos are sort of destroying the city. Sorry. Yeah, and also they've caused Second City in Toronto to move how many times? Yeah. It's, it's usually always yeah. a condo that takes takes their spot. The one yeah, the big thing about Second City moving a little bit though was people rediscovered or ha discovered for the first time that section of the Danforth. Oh, right. Yeah. When it was over on the Danforth. Yeah. Far East, which I think is underrated. I mean, I've grown up all over the city and uh, I spent a lot of time uh, that far East. And I just think everyone's like, it's so far, but you know, what makes Toronto great is that we are as vast as we can be and people need mm -hmm. to explore all the different ends. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Yeah, all the it, all the nooks and crannies. Yeah, it 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 always amazes me about how like people in Tr from Toronto, like in the core, think even going like three blocks east or three blocks west of the core is like another zip code, right? Like it's just yeah. like it's it's so far. You know, the other thing I really like about this conversation is that I think Nadine, you have really solidified a truism around Toronto and it's not crime. It's not organized crime or anything like that. The true villain of this city is condos. condos. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's it. We got, we got to, we got to fight big condo. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, I, I've been walking to work. Um, I live in Riverdale and I'll, and I'll walk 
to Queen West. And along the way, it's like all these buildings and it's like that that sign that you recognize, like a new thing is proposed for blah, blah, blah. Oh, and it's like God, that yeah. little orange, it's like all gray except for that little orange yeah. building. I loathe the orange. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, okay, this too. And, and it's just condos looking at condos, looking at weed stores. Pretty much, yeah. Weed stores are definitely on the rise as well, yeah. I think that says something also about the city. <laughs> I don't know. I this weed stores like the in the multitudes have kind of popped up all over Ontario. No, no, a hundred percent they have, and that's I'm just saying like a general is uh, you know a general observation of the world these days is that I think the popularity not only because hey it's legal, but two people need to like find a way to deal with disassociate for a moment <laughs> yeah. right like and safely you know like yeah. definitely better than uh some of the other things that are out there in to the get world get over the 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 condo craze yes just, yeah just looking or, out the window condo. or to get over chronic pain so there we go yes. bring it bringing it yes. back to there chronic which of course is coming to youtube i believe this month uh so people just uh do we have a date yet on exactly when it's uh I don't know. I don't know if there's an exact date, but I do know that it's February 2024. Chronic can be available on YouTube. There we nice. go. So definitely look for it then. Nadine, I want to thank you for coming yeah. on the program. As I said at the beginning, really enjoy your work. I've enjoyed a lot of the stuff you've done. Usually when you pop up and stuff, I get a good laugh. Uh, and I appreciate that very much. That's what you. I appreciate about you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that about you too, Andrew. I, Thank yeah, it's so nice to, you know, you guys interview the best. <laughs> this sounds like I'm a compliment on myself, but you do do the best interviews with people. And it's just so nice to, to come on board and have a chat. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate we, that. we try our best. So looking forward to people checking out chronic yep. and uh, have really yourself good. a great night, Nadine. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Nadine. Bye. So that was Nadine Baba. You can see her in the short film Chronic coming to YouTube February 2020. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we are going to be reading out your emails, including one that gave me a very important correction about the show that we're talking about. I agree. I didn't realize I called it North Country. It is True Detective Night Country. And we're going to be talking about it when we come back right here. Geek Card Reality Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. In just a moment, we're going to give our review of the first episode of True Detective Night Country. But before we do, just going to read some of your emails. Of course, it is Joe V who wrote in with the uh, proper correction saying, Geeks, writing in again, this True Detective, is it North Country or Night Country? It is Night Country. Thank you for asking. I might have ended up calling it North Country all night. Not even realized, Joe. So you did us quite a service. I thank you very much for that, sir. And always glad that you're emailing in. Kyle B. writes in, hey, a seven for true. There we go. A seven. And from Grant S., it says, hey, you're back. Love your show yeah. when I can listen to it. Is Jimmy the Shorter a cook ever on your show anymore? Jimmy, are you ever on the show? Let's see if we can get him on the, the Zoom call. 
What do you want? What the hell? I got I'm 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 up to my balls here in orders. What what do you want? Uh there's a dude asking about you, bro. Oh, oh, who's the dude? He's uh, Grant S. Well, Grant, what do you got? What? 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 What do you want? You, you got a problem with my family? Is that it? Well, you come no. down to Yonkers. We'll settle it. Why are you going to be so, uh, you know, aggro with everybody? You know, he's just. Aggro. He's, aggro. He's just, come on now. I'm just, I'm just repping. He, Yonkers. He's, he's just asking if you're still around. That's all. I'm around. I'm around. Are you around, Grant? Huh? Huh? You around? I'm sorry, Grant. He gets very uppity sometimes. If he doesn't you come get around, sleep. come around and find out. That's that's what the kids say, right? I'm not a kid anymore, so I know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, probably. no. You got you got the gray there. Definitely, definitely. You got just me. <laughs> I got the I got the shaved head. But if I let it grow in, it'll be all gray too. My God. All right. Well, Grant, maybe I got a little angry, but yeah, I'm here. I'll uh, maybe I'll come on some other time and talk about something. Who knows? They usually like that old man guy. I like the old man too, so I ain't got a problem with it. But uh, yeah, I'm here. So there you go, Grant. You got your answer. Uh, well, actually, Grant finished off by saying he is funny. We should have told. We should have told Jimmy that. Damn it! Didn't yeah. see that. Oh my god! But uh, but yeah, let's talk about True Detective Night Country, uh, created by Lisa Lopez, written by Lopez and Nick Pizzolatto, produced by Pastel. And True North Productions, that's probably where I got the North. An HBO original series distributed by Max. Here to read the synopsis is, as Jimmy mentioned it, our good friend, the old man. Hey, how's it going? Good, bud. There's that Nadine Bobbard who was on earlier. I've watched her on shows. She's quite funny. Yeah, yeah, no, she's good. She's good times. Yeah, yeah good times. Now, I think this, I personally think that this show is good times too, the True Detective. Uh, I'm I'll admit, I never watched season three. I didn't like season two, but season I, one was pretty good. And I watched one episode here, and I'm like, hey, what's going on, you know? Yeah. So maybe right. I should tell the people about it, you know? Yeah, that might be a good idea. In Ellis, Alaska, the men who operate a research station vanish. To solve the case, Detective Danvers and Navarro will have to confront the darkness themselves and dig into the haunted truths that lie buried under the eternal ice. Riveting, right there. Yeah. That's what got me. I read that, and I was like, oh, maybe I should watch the show, eh? Yeah. And so I did. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, old man. So, Mr. Green, what are Yipper. your thoughts on the first episode of True Detective Night Country? Well, funny enough, very much like the old man, loved the first season was indifferent to the second season. I actually stopped about uh, half or three quarters of the way through. I could just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, totally missed out on the third. When this came out, I was like, oh, a new season of uh, True Detective. Great. And then I was like, season four? What? <laughs> like, yeah, because there was the whole Mahershala Ali season. Yeah, yeah. catch that one. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I got to go back and check that out because um, I like him. I think he's a great actor. Oh, yeah, of uh, course. And then in this, uh, Jodie Foster, who I've always enjoyed, um, a solid you know, hand. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, oh, this will be. And then when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. And now watching the first episode, it feels like the first season again. Like we've got two strong detective characters. We've got a mystery. We've got to unravel. There's, you know, like as it says in the description, you know, they, they've got their own darkness and their own uh, backstories that they've got to deal with. And it's all of those elements of True Detective. Now, the only sad thing about True Detective globally as it were you know like as on the macro level is the fact that it never kind of turned into what um you know the creator originally wanted right which was kind mm -hmm. of like you know kind of like the american horror story you know every year you do a new thing and it would be yeah. kind of moving around and this whole thing it just didn't because season two really derailed it right and which is unfortunate but this i feel like is getting back to that you know it feels like at least in this first episode it really kind of uh uh, and the always thing I love about True Detective, and we see it here especially again, is the always dancing with, uh, which is why I love the first season, which is dancing with the maybe it's mystical, but obviously it's not. But there's like this that the people in the story feel like there's a mystical oh, element yeah. potentially. Well, this, this season you've got like yeah kind of shades of the thing. Yeah, 
But well, when you're in the north, like uh, you know, like in a in a frozen tundra, it's, yeah, it's perfect. natural, yeah, yeah, and a, and an isolated state uh, science station, and you yeah. know all those things. A little bit of thirty days of night, you know, like there's a yeah, lot of yeah. things going on here, and um, you know, and obviously when you have um, you know, uh, the northern native people, uh, you know, and their legends and things like that can be brought into a story. Plus, when you're looking at three months of night, like good luck. Right. Like, oh, yeah, no, like, you know, that's going to mess with people. And we see that in the in the little vignettes that we get throughout the episode of the local townsfolk, like our local drunk. And, you know, and like there's just some hard, hard living people. Well, and- it's like Nadine mentioned in the, the segment before that we currently in the southern Ontario region have only gotten 30 hours of sunlight over the past month. These people are getting zero hours of sunlight. <laughs> so. Yeah, like there's I know that each day there's like there's about like a sliver of not even not even sun, but it's just like there's like a horizon line light. Right. Because just the way things work. But that's that's like it doesn't light anything up. It's just like you kind of can see the horizon is kind of like how that works. Right. It's just like, okay. otherwise pitch fucking black, man. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and the episode does a couple like, you know, day for night kind of uh, shot things to kind of make it work. And I get that. But like other shots, though, you're like, nope, nope. It's it's like when I talk about movies about the woods, right? Nope. I don't need to see movies about the woods. I don't need to see shows about the woods. You know why? Fuck the woods. They're a bad, bad place. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's deep. That's deep. Yeah, I just I'm letting loose my phobia of the woods because honestly, um, there are only monsters and psychotic killers out there. And just like I look at the frozen north tundra, I feel the same way. There's fucking polar bears, man. Don't mess with them. Yeah, I felt like this first episode did a good job of setting up all the players um, and the shit they're going through. Um, I think that uh, Callie Reese was uh, an interesting Mm. casting choice that's paying off you know of course a yeah. uh, great professional character. boxer um not really the biggest actor and uh really she's really selling it and jody foster is doing a really good job being that kind of old curmudgeon cop yeah yeah and uh john hawks who also does great job of being an old curmudgeon is being just as curmudgeonly yeah and uh, i actually i also enjoy finn bennett as uh as uh Peter Pryor, the deputy, I think they, he's got a good rapport with Jody as well on camera overall so far. So good in this first episode, like there's enough there to make you go, ah, I wouldn't be mind coming back. So mm-hmm. what do you say? Do you think people should check it out? I do. I I'm really, really liking this. Uh, definitely you guys should be looking, watching the show. Definitely. It's available on max. So you can check it out there in Canada. That would be, it would be available on crave as well. Uh, Howard N writes in geeks, Jimmy, go back to the grill, dude. The old man is the best. Or somebody say something. Yeah. Apparently you're the best. Well, I knew that, but, uh, it's nice to hear Howard say it. Thank you, Howard. Um, then Howard goes on to say, thanks for clarifying. Wasn't sure if it was North or night. Great interview. Andrew and Mr. Green with Nadine. She seems so nice and down to earth. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with our final guest of the night, Gavin Warren from Night Swim, right here. Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101.
And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. And we're ready for our last guest of the evening. He is a young actor who you may have seen in The Walking Dead, The First Man, uh, or most recently in a film that is playing in theaters right now. And that is Night Swim, a Blumhouse and Atomic Monster horror film. Uh, please welcome to the program, Gavin Warren. Hi. Hi, Gavin. Hey. How's it going, man? I'm great. How are y'all? Pretty good. Pretty good. So uh, Night Swim, it's currently playing in theaters. It's a, it's a big horror film. For people who haven't had a chance to check it out, what's it all about? Uh, it's basically, there's a pool. and Okay, so we basically move in to this new house. And my dad's like super sick, so he has to do uh, therapy. And they decide to do water therapy. And uh, a bunch of bad things start happening. And and yeah, that's bas- basically, you you just have to see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, bad things happen is usually the way it goes with the horror yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we meet these nice people who are like, oh, what's going to happen to them? Oh, something bad. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, you've, you've kind of had a little bit of history in horror right now. Of course, there's some things, horror projects that you've worked on that haven't come out yet. Yeah, for but, sure. And then you've got this as well. Is horror something you think is going to be a genre that you'll be spending a lot of time in in your career? Yeah, for sure. I've always uh, I've always leaned more towards like really sad, like like pretty sad things and like really scary things. Those are like my two that I'm I do mostly. Yeah, oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it, it's I always it's always find it interesting when I see young people in horror films or things like that. Cause I'm just like, oh, man, do their, their parents are letting them involved in this. Like, you know, I don't know if my, if I, my parents would have when I was that age and it's like, that's super cool. Cause I would have loved it, you know, yeah, like, sure. and, you, and, and you've been, you've been acting for a while now, you know, like it, as young as you are, you've been, you've been at it for a bit. When, when you're going into a project, you know, like, are, are you starting to get to a point in your, you know, in your young career where you're kind of like, I would really rather work on this kind of thing versus something else or you just you still just want like want all the work i'll do all the work but um, (laughs) i i have done that once because i've gotten a movie at the same exact time i don't remember what it was for though um but yeah it has happened once or twice oh my gosh well yeah you man like aside from being an actor you got a clothing line gavinja (laughs) you've you've throughout your young life you did a lot of sports at one point, you almost did Ninja Warrior, mm-hmm. like, and hell, you're a good bullfrog catcher, from what I can tell as well. <laughs> so, like, is it is it for you? It's like just got to be active all the time, just got to be doing something. Yeah, I don't like like I have to be doing something like at all times. Like I'm either hanging out with friends or doing stuff with other. Actually, no, I just literally hang out with friends. There you go. Yeah, you don't want to hang out with enemies. Just hang out with friends. Totally. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We yeah. got an email in from Riley T who says, Miss the Geeks, welcome back. Thank you. Where can I see True Detective? You can see it on Max. Uh, Gavin Warren rocks. So there you go. You got a, you got a fan there. Hey to Green and the old dude. Oh, thanks. And then, yeah, no, no to be, just you and the old man. Yeah, That's... well, you know, no, nobody likes you anymore. It's fine. I don't think that's true. They like me. So, they like Gavin. You know, this well, is well. Everybody, yeah, everybody likes Gavin right here. Kelly T <laughs> writes in, a very talented young man. Good choice for a guest. So there yeah. we go. Um, but uh, but yeah. So when you got this role, you actually during the audition process and everything, you had to go through like a like swim trials, right? You had to go. Yeah, through- yeah, I did. We have actually a couple videos yeah. that we post out to them. Yeah. And so, uh, like how, like how rigorous were those trials? Like that whole thing? Um, some of them were pretty, really were pretty hard. Like one of them was you gotta uh, swim 50 something that way. And just that 50 something. And I did a uh, 200 not knowing. Oh um, so it was like really tough. Cause you know, we went, it was that we actually went to an Olympic size swimming pool 
swimming pool. So it was pretty, it was really tough. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was really hard. Oh my gosh. Well, you yeah. went through all that and then you got to, to make the film. And uh, I don't know about so much in this. I know in other stuff, you've gotten to do your own stunts. Yeah, I've done, um, I, I love doing my own stunts. Uh, I did, I mean, yeah, I did the all the like water stunts. Like there was one where uh, we went down like super deep in the water. It wasn't super deep, but it was like 20 feet deep. And they, they taught me how to like, they taught me how to, uh, uh, what is it called? Clear out my ears. Cause if you go super deep, your ears like, oh yeah, it, or the pressure. And they taught me how to release the pressure and stuff. But uh, they were super nice about it. Like they would let me like breathe, take a second. And whenever I was ready, they were like, don't, don't push it. If you need to go up, go up. You know, they were really respectable. And, uh, in the, in some of the pool scenes, like it was really cold outside, but the pool was warm and like outside the pool, they'd have all kinds of heaters. They were great. Definitely awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing that you like the water. Uh, cause you know, this is not exactly a film where, you know, you can not be around the water. Like that's. If you're if you were afraid of water, this would be horrible. But uh, yeah, sure. you know, so you know, it's cool that you like you know you, you like being physical, you like being active, you like doing all those things, you know. And obviously, that makes sense, you know, of like why you'd want to do you know when you can safely do your own stunts. That would be you know that I, I got to imagine that's a lot of fun for you on set, just instead of just always acting, but getting to do some of that uh, physical work. Yeah, actually, in um. And something called Mr. Whisper, it's coming out soon. We, I was held up on uh, strings and I did like all kinds of flying stuff. Oh, you did wire work. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then this one guy had like, so he had, he had pig, pig organs coming out. It was disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's, you got to have something for the special effects. Pig organs (laughs) look just like human guts. All guts look kind of the same once you get them all down together there oh my god but for this film at the premiere they had a swimming pool yeah it was super cool it was like a little platform um and then there would be a bunch of people with cameras and then you'd walk through take some pictures and it was really nice to meet or see everyone again it's nice to see familiar faces right so how many people egged you on to dive into the pool um Everyone, my dad said it as a joke because I saw people in the water and then they went out straight away because it was like really cold. And I was like, I might, I might want to do this. And I, I yelled for night swim. And then, and I, I jumped in the water and it was absolutely freezing. And, um, I kind of regret it and I came out, but, and it, and it was absolutely freezing. But, uh, in the car, I had the heat cranked up and had, uh, some warmers. So it was pretty great. Nice. That's awesome. I like that. It's, you know, it's like not every time you go, like when you see a lot of premieres and stuff like that, they just walk the red carpet. You take yeah. some photos here. You get to jump in some water. Why not? Heck right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. So without like the, the work you're taking on and the fact that, you know, you want to do your own stunts and stuff, are you eventually going to become like a Tom Cruise and start hanging off of planes? And you know, like everyone that? was calling me that. Like a lot of the movies I've gone to, because I, I like to do my own stuff. Uh, like every movie I do my own stunts. So they were like, they they would call me a mini Tom Cruise. So there you go. There you go, man. Yeah. Putting the lofty expectations on you already, Gavin. That's uh, <laughs> you, you, you up for that challenge? I am. Yes. Give me any challenge. I'll do it. There you go. Okay. There maybe not go. any challenge. Okay. Plus <laughs> challenge. Damn it, there goes half my list. I yeah, right? Like, I was like, how many crazy things can this kid do? Let's find <laughs> out. No. Oh, my God. But uh, with this film, you have a great ensemble cast here. Wyatt Russell, Carrie Kahn, and Mia Hufferl. Um With the, the three of them, how easy was it to find the chemistry of the family? It was pretty great. It was pretty fun. I really connected with Izzy. Um, we, we like after set, you know, we'd go swimming, swimming again, swimming some more. Um, and yeah, it was pretty fun. We all, we all connected pretty well. I can't imagine wanting to go swimming after being in the pool for like as many hours as you probably were every day with that you were there. Hey, it was warm. (laughs) No, actually, well, the, the hot tub was warm and then, and then the, the pool was, it was, it wasn't that bad. It was pretty cold though. Oh, geez. Yeah, but swimming. I love swimming. Like that, I do that. I do. I swim all the time. So, 
Yeah, when you when you were a kid, you had like a pool, but also you had like a lazy river in your Yeah, yeah. That was that's at our old house. Um we had a big lazy river and it was super fun because me and my friends would like play tag. And it was really hard because we'd have to go through like the opposite way of the lazy river. So we'd have to like push through it and stuff. It was really fun. And mm-hmm. we had a bunch of fun games with it. Nice. See you that you can't you can't mess with ingenuity. That's what it that's what that really comes down to, you know? <laughs> Like you don't, you don't need to have games. Just make them up. Heck you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you when you had that pool in that lazy river, was there ever a moment when uh, a small child talked from one of the air vents to you? <laughs> Through one of the air vents? What What do you mean? Like in the movie? That's a- <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was a little late on that one. I'm not. That's gonna- okay, man. That's, That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Oh man, but uh, but yeah, like this film, it does a really good job of like keeping the the action moving and everything. Again, like the idea of when you think of the idea of a haunted pool, that seems like a okay. How are they going to make that scary? But the film is pretty scary, and all the moments are right and everything. When it came to making the film, how how close knit were you with? Bryce, did Bryce really give you like a lot of direction on it? Was he, or was he like somebody's like, did he give you like some room to interpret stuff yourself? Um, like seeing them at, like, like learning from them. Like, what have I learned? Yeah, sure. What have you learned from Bryce? Um, well, see, seeing both Carrie and, uh, why, why, wait, oh, Bryce. Oh my goodness. Bryce, yeah. It's okay. So I'm tired. That's um, cool, man. Cool. <laughs> um, no, it was really cool to see like everything that was happening and how how it all works is just really fun to see. Very cool, man. Very yes. cool. All right. Well, uh, as I said, I watched the film. I got scared. I'm not somebody that these days because we've I've kind of been desensitized with the amount of films that we've covered on this show that. Now, when I actually do get a little scared, I'm surprised. And I heard that you are not easy to scare either. But when you were at the premiere, the film was a little bit scary. Yeah, yeah. I actually did get jumped a couple. I got, I jumped a couple times. So there we go. Somebody who knows what's going to happen in the film, (laughs) still getting jump scares. That's a scary movie right there. (laughs) Oh, well, Gavin, I just want to thank you for coming on the program, man. Uh, Night Swim, as I said, it's a fun film. It's a scary film. It's out there in theaters, and uh, you've got a ton of stuff coming up. So people are gonna people are gonna be seeing a lot of you in the next little bit, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you for coming on the program tonight. Have yourself a good night. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks a lot, Gavin. Bye, guys. Bye, Gavin. Bye. So that was Gavin Warm. You can catch him in Night Swim. And uh, it's available. It's out in theaters right now. So go check it out. Um, Mr. Green, we've come to the end of the program. We have indeedy. So tell the good folks where they can find us. Uh, as always, if you like what we do here, you can find more content over at patreon.com slash For everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You're a big, big help to us. Appreciate it. And uh, additional content is always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geekard Show on any of those platforms and you'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekardshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show available on Mondays after 2 p.m. Of course, if you didn't listen to us live like you did tonight, or you're super forgetful, you know, or you just, you know, need time when you're driving to work, you can do one really important thing to hear us every single week. And what is that, Andrew? That is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. Absolutely. It's a big help. And of course, you can always continue the conversation with us by emailing geekardshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Nadine Baba and Gavin Warren for coming on the program. For Mr. Green and for Yuri in the booth, this is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard. On Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Geek Card with your host, Andrew Young, and Mr. Green, right here on Reality Radio 101.